You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Okay, hey, let's admit this together. We all want to be satisfied with life. It's a goal to feel joy with what's around us, hope for our circumstances, the good and the bad, and contentment right where we are. But it's a lot easier said than done. Whether you're upset with your current situation, waiting for the next best thing, lonely and craving friendship, today's guest and my new friend, Alyssa Bethke, is here to encourage you in this. Alyssa and I are talking about how to move out of these lonely places, lean into small places of joy, and hope in your everyday to turn your perspective around for good and find satisfaction right where you are. Well, newsflash, you don't have to do anything, have anything, be anything different to fill this emptiness. It's the renewing of our minds where satisfaction finds its place in our lives. Alyssa has poured her heart and soul into a beautiful book that just came out all about this idea of satisfaction. In her new book, Satisfied, Alyssa shares a compelling collection of relatable essays that will help you seriously embrace and cultivate beauty in your life. It has healthy recipes, cozy home images. Guys, I'm so serious. It's going to provide you the actual knowledge that you're not alone and that there is fulfillment right around the corner. So if you're looking for that oomph for your life, that maybe missing piece that you've been searching for, then today's episode is for you. You are coming from Maui. Hello. That is a dream location. Yeah, we love living here. But Mississippi's so fun. I've actually never been to Mississippi. I had never been to Mississippi either until I moved here. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's not Maui, but it's not bad. It's just different. Way different. <laughs> Way different. Yeah, we are stationed here at an Air Force base for my husband. We really call Birmingham, Alabama home, which is also very different than Maui. But mm-hmm. yeah, every, you know, there's just tons of different places. God's moving and working in all of them. But we're in Mississippi now. So cool that technology can bring us together for a conversation like this. I know. Well, I have to tell you, my all-time favorite show ever is Heart of Dixie. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen mm-hmm. it. Um, and it takes place in, well, I mean, LA, but it's supposed to be in Alabama. So whenever I hear Alabama or any of those states, I'm like, oh, I wish I could be there right now. <laughs> Heart of Dixie. Yes. I mean, the Southern twang and all the things, it's real. It's real. <laughs> yeah. Pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. So, well, I feel like I'm Southern at heart. We went to um, like Georgia and Florida and South Carolina last year. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'm at home. This is like who I am inside. So. <laughs> Love the South. <laughs> Would you ever move away from Maui? Um, only if the Lord was like, "You need to move." We, I, and I would probably do it crying the whole time. Yeah. So I was about to say, you would have to pull me out kicking and screaming if you're going to pull me yeah. out of Maui. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I am so excited to talk all things Satisfied today. It is a beautiful book. Thank you. I know. I'm so excited about how it turned out. One of my favorite things about it, I just have to say, is that it's not like completely devotional based. There's so many other things incorporated, like recipes. I mean, the pictures are beautiful. I'm so inspired by the home decor. Like, it's just, it's so well-rounded. And I think that that's what's something I see missing today in especially like faith-based culture it's either like 100 percent 
Faith Bates, like, rich, got to get out a highlighter and a pen, like, you know, take (laughs) notes on what I'm reading and digesting. Or it's almost, like, so fun, cultural, and has nothing to do with Jesus. And so to see something that marries the two of these together to say, no, like, Jesus is fun. He cares about what our homes look like. Like, he cares that we love what we eat and that things taste good to us. I just think it's so beautiful and needed. So thank you for creating this. I love that. Thank you for saying that. I haven't even thought of how all those mesh together, but um, that means so much. And I think, you know, I think as women, though, we love um, beauty. And so I really wanted to create something that was really beautiful. Um, And then I think we love, even if you're not a cook, I'm totally not a cook. Like I burn most of the things I make, if I'm honest, (laughs) but I love having people around my table and I love being able to feed my kids good like healthy food that they love like when I can make a healthy cookie and be like sure have a third one and they get so excited I'm like oh that's so satisfying or to be able to bring a new mom um like an easy dish of food I so I wanted all that is is satisfying and brings community together and to be able to nourish someone in heart and soul so um I wanted that to be part of the book too yeah, I want you to talk more about this word satisfied for a second. Like, what was it that at one point you thought to yourself, I have to write a book about this. Like, this is lacking and I need to meet women in this area. Yeah, it's funny because it it didn't just pop up in my head like that. Like, oh, like, I need to write a book about satisfaction at all. It was more I had this idea and vision of, oh, I want to create a beautiful book and that has recipes because some of the books I have that have recipes in it are just so fun. I keep them in my cookbook section and I can pull them out and make a dish and then read an essay at the same time and just feel so encouraged in my heart. And so the whole um, reason I wanted to write this book was it was actually like three years ago that I had the idea and I was pregnant with our third. And, you know, we lived in Maui and I got to do what I've always dreamed of doing, being an author and um, just like being able to talk about Jesus and I had three beautiful or two beautiful children at the time. And anyway, I, but I found myself in the, the fringe moments or the middle moments of the day or at night after the kids were down, just feeling not necessarily empty, but definitely not feeling full. And, um, you know, after a hard day of parenting, whether it was tantrums or, um, lots of heart to hearts or just like the chaos of life. Um, I found myself wanting to numb out to, um, scroll through my social media just to like find something beautiful or to feel full. Or I found myself shopping a lot and which none of those things are wrong at all, but I knew my heart's motive wasn't good. I was like in search of something and kept coming up feeling empty and not like that's what I needed. And I really felt like the Lord was saying, you know, Alyssa, like I just kind of want to bring you aside and set you in this secret place and just really meet with you and um, remind you of your first love and how my love is what satisfies you. And and I couldn't have even said that at the time, that that's what he was doing. But as I started to write and I really processed through writing, I've always been a journaler and um, I have to write something out before I can like fully understand it in my mind. Yeah. And so as I started to write all these things, it the first, I actually wrote the book twice. I wrote it and I turned it in. <laughs> and then my publisher, we it's a joke between us. She wasn't satisfied with it. She's like, this isn't what I was <laughs> to be. Um, 
And so I rewrote it, but it was a really cool, it was really hard, but I was so grateful for the experience of rewriting it because the first time I wrote it, it really was like journal entries of me, like discovering satisfaction in the Lord and how to be satisfied when, um, when life was really difficult. It was like one of the hardest years we've had to walk through so far, just in business and hard decisions and financials and relationships. And, um, so how do you find satisfaction in the Lord when life is just really hard and it doesn't seem to be letting up? And then also on the other hand, I found myself, um, in the everyday just being like, oh, like it feels like every day is the same, almost like Groundhog's Day. And it's exhausting being in the little years of motherhood and having little kids. And I just was really fighting to have joy and contentment in my season. Um, And so it was really cool to be able to just like have the Lord continue to meet with me and satisfy me through all of that. And then to be able to have a chance to rewrite it and almost look back a little bit of like, Oh, I get it now, Lord. Like you really do meet me in those moments and in the hardship and in the everyday mundane and your love really does satisfy. It really is worth it all. Um, and so that's kind of how it came to be. There's so many different, so many different types of women and so many different types of seasons that I think are doing the same, like searching for fulfillment. I love that you said that because it's true. Like we have something that we do like eight to five, whether it's parenting, we feel like we're on all day or working or school or whatever it is, you fill in your own blank. Then we get to the end of whatever that checklist was and we're like, well, now what? (laughs) What what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And I think just as humans, like we want to fill that time with something that we enjoy, but like why not fill it with something that will actually satisfy you? and not continue to keep you searching. And so, yeah, it's it's so important. You mentioned like scrolling and um, mm-hmm. uh, Netflix binging or um, online shopping. And like there's so many different ways that we can find and like try to find the satisfaction. Mm-hmm. But what ways practically have you seen yourself replacing like what you would do worldly with what maybe you're called to do spiritually that actually does satisfy you that the other ways don't? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I'm not saying those things are wrong. I definitely enjoy my shows. Yes. <laughs> I think we just know in our hearts when um, we're doing it out of a place of emptiness and trying mm-hmm. to find something or stuff something or ignore something, or we're just doing it to enjoy. Because obviously the Lord is after our joy and he wants us to enjoy things. Um, it's not like it's bad. It's just knowing our heart and what we need and what the Lord is asking of us. Um, And so for me, some of those things, sometimes it is like, okay, like I shouldn't be binge watching right now, or I shouldn't be staying up really late watching shows. Or, um, you know, when I wrote the book, there was a good, actually for a year, really, I felt like the Lord just kind of wanted me to go silent online. Hmm. And I would have seasons where I would come on or, um, but I really took really, really long chunks of break. And actually, I wish I could do that right now. Like I like, (laughs) I like um, the silence there sometimes that I think we're all different too. But things that I did that really satisfied me was I love walking. And it's always been like a mental thing for me in the morning of exercise. And even just sometimes leaving my phone at home and just walking and praying to the Lord and talking to him and moving my body, it like it renews our mind. There's like an actual 
um, brain activity that happens that we can renew our mind when we're walking. It's like the our movement of our brain and being able to process things that way. Um, so, and journaling for me, and I think there is a large season when kids, our oldest was little and I, you know, had a mom break or whatever, I would always go shopping or go window shopping or whatever. And after a while, I would just always come back feeling exhausted and not filled up and not rested at all. And so finally, my husband was just like, you are like, you are not allowed to do that when you have a mom break, you need to go, you know, actually fills you up. And so for me, that was um, going to a coffee shop and just reading a good book or journaling because that really like um, put my soul at rest. And so really having to form those new habits um, so that I was, my heart was more, st- my mind was more still, my heart was more at peace and I could really look around and just kind of slow down a little bit and see um be still and like hear God's voice and to see his goodness around me and to give thanks and to work through things that I had didn't have time to work through in the week or that I was trying to stuff down. So those are things that have really, that I've just learned about myself of how to kind of reset my heart or slow down to be satisfied. I think sometimes we can run so fast or be so busy, especially as moms, you know, there's not much quiet in our day. (laughs) Um, So learning to take those times to really be quiet and be still before the Lord and um, to find his beauty in areas. I think one practice for me lately, which seems so silly, but it's just to even like go out in the front yard and lay on the grass and look up at the clouds and just like breathe for like three minutes until I can see the clouds moving. Um, And I remember doing that as a child, like all the way through high school, I would, you know, lay on my trampoline in the summer and look up at the clouds and just like sit there for a really long time. And I think um, with phones and cars and just how busy life can be, we forget to do those things. And just learning how to be still more really does um, just slow our breath down and slow our heart down and um, make us see God's goodness. And so sometimes I think we don't want to be still um, because we're afraid of what he'll say or what he'll nudge in us. But mm-hmm. even if it's a conviction or like you need to repent of this or whatever it is, it's always done in the most loving, gentle, and kind way. And so we don't have to fear being still or being quiet. Like he's always meeting us with so much love and grace. And it's always for our healing and wholeness and joy. Yes. It is so easy for me to just run through life and like get things done and check them off a list and feel so good and accomplished. And then, like I said, get to the end of the day and I'm like, well, now what? And right. like once everything is finished, what what does this mean for me? And a lot mm-hmm. of times that can be because like subconsciously I might be um, battling something or mm-hmm. insecure over something or um, just walking through some really hardships, like just some things, so super difficult things. And so I love how you talk about insatisfied, um, how God obviously never told us that we were just going to have a great day, a great life, and that everything was going to be easy. But he did promise that he does provide the satisfaction, the hope and the joy and the contentment exactly where our feet are. And so I want to know how have you found God's presence in those moments that you're able to be still and like you were saying, lay on the grass, like look up in the sky that at the end of it, like leaves you more satisfied. Totally. Well, I think that's the whole hope of the book is that people will read it and 
be drawn into the presence of the Lord and to um, feel him ministering to them. And, um, you know, I love your question stories. So, and I think that's the thing. Sometimes we don't know how to do that or it just takes longer than we think. Um, And the truth is that, you know, as believers, we have the spirit living and dwelling in us. So he is always with us. We are always in the presence of God. Um, And he, I've been reading through John 15 lately and you know, he asked us to come and abide with him. So he's dwelling in us. He lives in us. But then he's also calls us as believers to abide in him. And so that is like an action. It is a, um, you know, loving him with all of our mind and all of our soul and all of our heart and having those practices to be aware of him and to talk to him and to commune with him. And Isaiah 55 Um, It's such a beautiful chapter that I've been in a lot lately, and it just talks about how it's kind of like this beautiful picture of how God sets this feast before us. Like think of like a a beautiful wedding feast or a kinfolk um, dinner, and he has this beautiful table set, and he invites us to the table to just come and partake and to be satisfied at his table. And at the table, he asks us to just like talk with him. And I think at the, you know, when we're around a table with people, walls are broken down. Um, I feel like it's, you can talk about things and meet each other where you're at and it just brings this intimacy. And that's what the Lord wants. He set this table before us and he wants us to come and just lay it all down at his feet and to talk to him like a best friend and to trust him like our savior. And within that, he'll call us to repent or to confess. And that's just, admitting fears that we have or wrong thinking we have and um, then like putting on what he says about it and he'll minister to us there and gently um, lead us and guide us and comfort us. And then it says at the very end of the chapter that he will send us out with joy and peace so we can go out in our day or go out in the hard storm of life or the conversation we need to have and we will have joy and peace as we go out. And so, um, you know, there's different ways of being in the presence of the Lord. And I think it it looks different for different people and what seasons you're in. Obviously, like a newborn phase will be way different than someone who's an empty nester. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll just have more time on your hands. But it's just creating that space, looking at your life and your personality and finding time to be with the Lord and to pray and to meditate and uh, and to read his word and just to talk with him. And so you know, that looks different. Maybe it's a Bible study. Maybe it's just reading a Psalm a day. Maybe it's copying down, um, you know, a few verses each day and just letting that seep into your heart or praying the Lord's prayer in your every, like in the little moments and just turning your heart more towards Him. Yes. One of the things when you asked that question, um, I was thinking, so the year I wrote it was so difficult. And I kept thinking over and over, like, so many times a day. It wasn't very fun being in my mind at that time. Um, Just like, this is so hard. This is so hard. This is so hard. And I kept saying it. And after a couple months or three months, I don't know, it was a while. God is very gracious. I have been just like, this thought pattern is not helpful at all. Like it's not, I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm just stuck in that this is really hard. And the joy was seeping out. I was not content at all. And, um, Finally, I just felt like the Lord told me, Alyssa, you're saying the wrong four-letter word that starts with H. Instead of saying hard, I want you to say hope. And so it was just like that little nudge and that that transformation. So anytime I then thought of this is so hard, 
I would then say, and I have hope. And that really like transformed my perspective in our season. It gave me a lot of strength to keep going on. It helped me to see God's perspective and that, you know, James 1 talks about kind of all joy when you face trials of various kinds. Um, For God is creating a steadfastness in you and making you perfect and complete. And we would never choose those hard times. We would never choose the fiery trial or the mountains to climb. But it's in those moments, too, that God really does meet with us. You know, and one of my favorite things in that season was that song. um, Oh, gosh, I forget the name of it, but how he goes in the fire with us. It's that Hillsong song. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, I forget the name of it. Um, But just that even in the trials of life and or just your hard, everyday, mundane things, that Jesus is there with us in it. And he is ministering to us in those moments. And those hard things are really what are making us mature and more like Jesus. And we're being drawn into intimacy with him. And so to not shy away from those things, but to really lean into him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, it, you know what? God is so gracious and there's different seasons and different people, but he's always present with us. So I think it's just um, opening up our hearts and our eyes to see him in our everyday moments. Yes. Was it Another in the Fire by Hillsong? Yes, that's it. I could have. So good. I love that song. Yes, you. Yes. I think a lot of what I'm hearing you say too that I think is just so cool. This is so cool that we don't, like I was saying earlier, I hate, I really don't want to sound pessimistic here, but life is going to be hard and we can have hope. Like you said, even if it's not hard right now, it might be an incredible season for you and praise God, I'm celebrating with you. But the reason why we need to find these practices and these literally like everyday ways to claim the satisfaction that God has is because these hard days are to come if they're not already here in front of us. Mm -hmm. And so instead of this being a reaction, like, oh man, I'm having a hard day. Like, let me go and find a rhythm or a routine to step into to find satisfaction in my hope with Jesus. It can be a rhythm and routine you already have in place that almost acts as like that defense and the armor that we're called to put on every day. And that's why it's, it's so important to stop, to pause, slow down and realize like what's going on around you. Cause I think the enemy would love to catch us off guard (laughs) and be like, come out of nowhere. And then of course we're not going to be satisfied because we're trying to set all the fires out. We're not like actually finding time to take care of ourselves and others and love people well. Mm -hmm. So I, yes, these practices are so good. One of mine is just like to turn on music and like have it in the background of my home because I almost feel like it lays a layer of peace rather than like even though things could be chaotic there's still like peace going on underneath (laughs) or I feel like uh, my friend told me this once we had just moved into our house and I don't know I just was really down this one week and she's like just play worship music in the back it's like you know, you never spa music always, for your soul. Yeah, but there's always like spiritual battle going on, and it's like you yeah. have like an army just singing over you through it. And so I do think there is something to that too. Yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, like if it's worship for you, like music, if you worship through walking, through laying in your yard and looking up at the sky, like whatever it is, friend, listening, find your find your thing, find your thing, mm-hmm. and do it yeah. now. Like set that habit before you're like. Oh man. Oh man. (laughs) I need this now kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think too, 
something that I'm noticing in my own life is in those moments that I do crawl to other things that aren't, like you said, aren't bad, just like probably won't leave me satisfied walking away from it or because I'm maybe feeling lonely, especially with a husband in the military. There's lots of lonely moments (laughs) and it's easy just like to fill the gaps because you just, you hate feeling still, you hate feeling quiet or lonely. And I can imagine probably making the big move to Maui, you probably, Mm -hmm. I'm just assuming like your community changed a lot. Did you feel lonely too? Like, is that maybe one of the reasons why you found yourself searching for satisfaction elsewhere? And I feel like I've always struggled on and off in different seasons with loneliness. Um, I was an only child. I'm an only child. And so there was that. Um, And my Jeff, my husband travels a lot too. So I totally understand being at home alone for different weeks or seasons or months. Um, And, but when it was funny because I had lived in Maui before, like right after college, I was an intern out here and had for two years. And so I had really good community. Like I loved the people here so much. And when we decided to move, the biggest reason why we wanted to move here was for community. We um, were the only couple in our friend group that was married and then the only one with a baby in Seattle. And so we just, I knew a lot of young families here on Maui. So I was like, let's just, let's move to be around young families. And so I was just assuming that because I lived here before and I knew a bunch of young families that I would just, we'd immediately get plugged in and just like be reveling in people, you know, (laughs) and we weren't, it was actually probably one of the loneliest years I've had. Um, Jeff was traveling a lot because he had made previous commitments and it's, it like doubles your time being gone, living in the middle of the ocean. Um, You know, when you're a young mom, it's hard to find new friends. A lot of my, I like needed to find new friends because I wanted mom friends now. And then it's really hard to find ones that have the same napping schedule. And yes. I just feel like we could do, like, we love having people over for dinner, but we couldn't necessarily do that because Jeff was gone so much. So it just felt so lonely. And, um, you know, people would ask me to hang out and I just wasn't able to because of the nap schedule, or I would finally get enough courage to ask somebody and they weren't able to. And I would just feel so rejected, even though they weren't rejecting me at all. It just like was a conflict of schedule Yeah, that would just go into like a deep hole for a week until I could find the courage again. And, um, and so I write about that in chapter one and it's, and I think it's especially hard when you are expecting something so different or when you you look around and you see so many people having close friendships. Um, and so it just can feel like really hard to get in there. And it, it took a long time, like years. It took a few years to finally feel like I knew who were, who my people were. Um, and but it was just a, like being, well, one, I remember in that season, it was during nap time one day and I had my Bible open and I just had these like big alligator tears And just telling the Lord, like, I feel so lonely. And anyone who has felt lonely before knows that feeling. It almost feels like you're suffocating. Like you're just so, I don't know how to even explain it, but just so your body aches because you're so lonely. Yeah. And, um, and it feels like you can't, it almost feels powerless. Like you can't really do anything to change it. And my really good friend, Leslie at the time, told me to let my lonelies lead me into the presence of God. And so I think it is, um, it's such a hard thing to feel and to walk through. But at the same time, I think it's a huge invitation from the Lord to come and be with him. 
because we're never alone with Jesus. He's always with us. And I think in those moments of feeling so lonely, we have such a sweet opportunity to just let Jesus minister to our souls and yes. to speak to us and to hold us and to comfort us and then to give us um, in time like the next step of what to do. And so it took a few years of me just um, being obedient to him, to listening to what he wanted me to do and saying yes to it. And for me, that looked like putting parties together, like favorite things parties with girlfriends or hosting a girl's Bible study. It was like a mom's group thing um, or like once a month dinners with women. And honestly, it was so sweet in it, but I still came away feeling like, oh, I don't feel like I have my person because I'm hosting. And sometimes when you're hosting or leading something, everyone connects but you. Um, But eventually, after a few years, you know, I started to really make those really good friends. And um, it takes time to really go deep with people. Um, And, but I'm really, really grateful. And now I feel like I just am so blessed with some really sweet friends here. Um, So I think if a listener right now is just feeling so lonely, I think one is to really let that lead you into the arms of Jesus. And then to, to ask him, like, instead of asking, oh, like, Um, I think sometimes it can be easy for me to think, oh, I have no friends or nobody likes me or nobody wants to be with me. And, and just to turn that on its head, be like, who can I be a friend to? Who do you want me to reach out to? Who do you want me to just have over for coffee or to go for a walk for with? And to just slowly like be obedient to that and let him bring those friends into your life in his time, um, and to not lose heart. It will take time, but I feel like it's such a God-given desire that he will fulfill it. Um, so yeah, I, but I do think loneliness is such a real thing, but also an invitation to let the Lord, um, fill in that emptiness too. Yes. Oh, he can satisfy everything for us. If whether Mm -hmm. it's community or lack of he can satisfy our longing to have something to be someone like he can fill every single gap that we can find in our lives truly and that is such a testimony especially to the friendship one I love that you answered that because that is that is something I feel like comes up often between me and other friends especially within military culture or even like some of my post-grad friends that are like whoa whoa there's not a built-in community here post-college like there was in you know there's so many different weird clunky seasons of life that this loneliness can find us and even when I feel like we should quote unquote be in a community that's easy like in a neighborhood or around other mothers it's really difficult still sometimes so I'm so glad you spoke to that and yes I love that you said it's such a God-given desire who is he to hold that back from us like he wants community for us more than we want it for ourselves so just to cling to that truth and be like okay he has me. The last thing he wants is for me to feel lonely as well. So mm-hmm. all so good. All so good. And I hope that our friends listening too can just hear everything you're saying. And like I said, I can repeat it over and over again that he can satisfy every desire that we have and in his own unique and creative way because that's the incredible God that he is. So good, Alyssa. Oh, thanks. I was going to say too within that um You know, I think within friendships, even now after writing the book, I feel like he's 
having me like find satisfaction in really deep ways, like things that were really satisfying, um, like friendships or things like that and have hit some big bumps. Um, I think it can, it can be hard because people will disappoint us and will disappoint Mm -hmm. them and they'll hurt us and we'll hurt them and not even intentionally. But I think sometimes then the loneliness can come in or even after COVID, um, where we were isolated for so long, it, I feel like friendships are just like weird. Like, how do I be a friend? Yeah. I remember <laughs> I was like, I don't even know if I am a good friend anymore. How do I be a friend? And, um, and I think really friendship takes risk. It takes risk to, and I'm preaching to my own heart to, um, show up and to pursue and to be honest with how we're feeling or how we're doing. Um, you know, I can imagine like military, if you're moving around a lot, like, okay, I have to like meet new friends and take risks again. And, um, but I think just, I'm reading Jenny Allen's book, get out of your head right now. And just that the second thing she talks about is we have, well, one, we have choices, but to choose to be known And I feel like I'm just like, I'm just saying that to myself a lot lately. Like, okay, I feel really whatever, fill in the blank, lonely, misunderstood, um, alone in this, but I'm going to choose to be known. And so I'm going to choose to be known by Jesus and to tell him exactly how I'm feeling and what I'm going through. And, um, but then I'm going to be choose to be known by, by however many people, like one person that I really trust or a couple friends. And I'm just going to like go first and be really vulnerable yeah. here. Yeah. And I think the big thing with um, friends is to be, um, it takes courage to go first and to take risks and to be vulnerable. But um, I think those things are, it, there's so much more joy on the other end when we choose to be known. And I think it's a joy and a blessing to others that we're choosing to be known with, to let them in. Um, so if you're feeling just like, oh, I just, Maybe, maybe it's loneliness or maybe it's like, I just don't have that person or whatever, but to, you know, choose to be known and choose to take that risk. It's worth it. I feel like I need to write that on a sticky note and like put it on my mirror. <laughs> I'm like, I know. cause I feel like there's so much that can overflow from that. Like when I feel known and I choose to know that I'm known, like a lot of my insecurities melt away. A lot of my assumptions or expectations wow. that I can have will just like be surrendered. So many good things when you choose to be known. Yes. Yeah. Me okay. leaving this this conversation, I'm going to get out a piece of paper and be like, I'm just going to have an honest moment with myself and mm-hmm. say, where in my life do I feel like I'm unmet or I'm not satisfied? Because yeah. God, God, like I said, longs for us to have an abundant life. It's the John mm-hmm. 10, 10 life that he wants for us. And mm-hmm. so I'm almost going to just like make a list, like have a little moment to complain a little bit and get honest with God. And then on the other side of the list, be like, okay, now how, how am I actually seeing you fulfill these needs that maybe I haven't opened my eyes to before? And I can start recognizing and like choosing to be known in. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage friends listening to maybe do the same. Cause I think it, it like pen to paper, like you were saying earlier with journaling, I'm so much that way too. Like it helps me visually to see something Mm-hmm. So I think to like see this would almost be a testimony to my own heart. Of like, actually, I am. There is potential for me to be satisfied. I'm just not choosing that potential to be true mm-hmm. to me today. Yeah. I love that. You know, satisfaction is a really good desire. I think it leads us, it helps us to deal with stuff, just like you're talking about, to be honest and real and to go to the Lord. 
But I think it's something on this side of heaven and in our human bodies that we'll always be fighting for. And that's okay. <laughs> like I, I wrote a book about it and I'm like <laughs> struggling through it even more so than when I wrote about it. Um, but I think it's, that's okay. And I think it's almost God's way of making us draw near to him and to know that, at, but it won't be forever. You know, at the end of this life, when we are with Jesus, our, our every longing will be fulfilled on we're with Jesus and we won't need faith anymore because our faith will be made sight. And so until then, leaning into him and seeking him, just like you were saying, like just being gut honest and meeting with him and however that looks for you in the everyday um, and knowing that Psalm 90, 14 says, satisfy me in the morning with your steadfast love, O Lord, so that I may rejoice and be glad all my days. Mm-hmm. God wants to satisfy us and he wants us to be glad and to rejoice. And he does that through his steadfast love. But don't feel like, oh, but to know too, like it will be a wrestle for the rest of our days, but there's hope in it and his love meets us in it. And then at the, you know, at the end we won't have that wrestle anymore. And that's a really sweet gift and promise from him. Mm, I love that. Mm, So cool. Ah, I'm just kind of nodding my head. I wish everyone could see. I'm like nodding my head, have the chills, (laughs) the things you don't see through a microphone. It's fine. This is also good. Well, if someone wanted to get their hands on this beautiful book, Satisfied, Finding Hope, Joy, and Contentment, right where you are, and put it on their coffee table like it is on mine, where could they find it? Yes. Um, thanks for asking. Satisfied can be found anywhere books are sold. Um, I I feel like Amazon's still the cheapest price right now. Um, so yeah, you can go anywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, um, and get your copy. It comes out next week, June 15th, but you can still pre-order it now and you're guaranteed the lowest price. Um, and I think people are starting to get their books now, so you'll probably get it right away too. Yes. Woohoo. So fun. And yeah, like I said, it's filled with like recipes, beautiful pictures. It's one that you can just like flip through when you do have those moments and you're like, hmm, I should be still and do something that might leave me more full than how I came in. This is a great, another practical shameless plug. (laughs) This is great. Oh, I'm so excited about this and so excited for you. I'm on your team. I have this one question though that I love to ask my friends when they come and join me for a conversation. What is something that you're loving these days that you have to share with our people? Could be a shameless plug. It could be something totally random. Oh, I wasn't prepared. Okay, let me just think. (laughs) I'm loving right now. Um, Well, I talked about this a little bit ago on my Instagram, but I – well, okay, two things. I'll do two things. One, Ruth Jo Simons – who does Grace Lace. She like does watercolor and it's gorgeous. She came out with a Bible. Yes. The ESV journal Bible, which is what I use anyway, but it just is so pretty on the outside. It has a linen cover and has like beautiful watercolor on it. So I kind of take it with me wherever I go and I love it. It's my favorite Bible. And the other thing that I've recently discovered is it's called the growth journal. You can find it on Instagram. I think it's like roots grow something. I don't know. Co. You could, I don't, I need to find the handle. <laughs> no, we'll find it and put it in our show notes. Okay. It's the best journal because I've always been a journaler. I have like a whole box in our attic full of journals, um, but they're never organized and I never go back and read them because I never know like where something is. And this journal is the first one that 
oh, it's like the answer to all my needs. First of all, it's beautiful and it's linen cover, which I love. But, um, and I don't, just how it's laid out. It's like has a bunch of pages and then it has like memory verses and prayer requests and God's faithfulness at the end. But at the beginning, it has a table of contents. And so, and it has page numbers. So when you write something out, then you like, let's say I take a sermon note. Then on the table of contents, I could say sermon notes on page 1, 10, 20, wow. whatever. Um, or if I have like ideas for a new book, anytime I, it doesn't have to be organized within the journal, but I just write it in the table of contents so I can know where to go to find it. Yes. Um, or journaling. So anyway, it's been like my favorite thing in the whole world. And um, yeah, so I love those two things. That's amazing. Oh, wow. I need to go look that up. Yes, we'll put that in the show notes, and I'm about to go and find it for myself right now. Yeah, yes, I need to organize my journal so thoughts. Mm-hmm. So good. It's well, so Alyssa, good. it means so much to me that you would meet us first thing, 6.30 a.m. with sunrise <laughs> for this conversation. You are just a treasure, and this is just so neat, and I'm, I'm hoping that this, and I just know that this conversation is going to meet our friends wherever they are to help them find satisfaction in their own life. Yes. Well, thanks so much for having me on today, Rachel. It was so fun. Such a blessing talking to you. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode. Thank you.